We're really excited today to start a brand new Bible study on James. Now, if you've ever joined us on the podcast before and you've done a study with us, you know that we're just going to take our time, cruise through a few chapters of the study, and you can really have an opportunity to get involved. Uh, you can read along. You can be a participate just by reading scripture and listening to the podcast every week. However, if you want to do a deeper dive, our study this time around is on the book of James. And I've written a Bible study on the book of James that comes with teaching videos. And if you'd like to order that study, you can go to www.dareformore.org. That's www.dareformore.org. And you can go under the Bible studies and order your copy of the book of James Bible study. And I know that it's going to be a real blessing to you. It's going to be a real help. And you can actually kind of move through that study as we move through this one. So get your order in today at dareformore.org. All right. Well, it's time for me to join Allison and we will jump into the study. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey, everybody, this is Reba. Welcome to the Rooted Deep podcast. Allison and I are here today, and we're excited to jump into a new thing. Uh, but before we go there, uh, we just want to catch you up a little bit on our lives. It's been a fun ride. We were just with each other just a few weeks ago at Dare for More Live, but Allie, you've been on a sprint. Oh, yeah. We started that trip just before Dare for More Live. We started that trip with a missions conference in St. Petersburg. And then um, Gary flew back to the DR and I just kind of continued on a road trip and made my way slowly up um, up to Columbus, Ohio, pausing and uh, doing Mercy Jewelry events and meetings yeah. um, for Mercy uh, for a while. So it was and then I got back to the DR um, at 2.30 in the morning, woke up at 5 in time to drive with the Liberty Social Work Group, Liberty University Social Work Group, um, to do trauma training up with New Hope Girls. And uh, so that, that's that been exciting. And so then here I am. Yeah. So I basically left there from Alive, sprinted home, and walked into a missions conference on Sunday morning. So I got home late Saturday night, walked into a missions conference on Sunday morning, and then was gone the whole next week at a missions conference, uh, all yeah. the way through the next weekend. So I got done on Sunday afternoon and I got home Sunday afternoon and, and like fell out on the floor. I'm like, I was so tired. Um, but it's a good tired, you know, I think yeah. when yeah. we travel and we're, we're sharing what we do ministry wise and getting people connected, uh, to all of those things, it's, it's a good tired. So. So yeah, so yeah, if you ever want to book really Allison is. to speak, you know, I was, I'm sorry, I was mm -hmm. giving you a shameless plug here, but if you ever want to book Allison to speak uh, in the States, um, you know, it's worth it's worth the plane flight to bring her over. I mean, you know, it, it is, it's good. And uh, she can do Mercy Jewelry stuff, right? Yeah, I do appreciate that. And I've actually had a couple of, um, of, of bookings for the next, in the fall, I'll be, I'll be speaking in several different places. So I'm really excited about that. It's, it's one thing to just stand at a table and share the jewelry or, or sell the jewelry and tell the women's, yeah. you know, try to tell the women's stories, see individual groups, but to be able to connect a group of women at a church to the global issue of trafficking. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really exciting. And plus what the Lord is doing in our lives uh, and through his word, I think that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. So yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, so, and, and what's even better is if you want to ask Allison and I to come together, 
Now, we, oh, I mean, fun. we're like the dynamic duo of women's uh, events, right? So uh, actually, we just always love to be together and have fun. So uh, it would be a fun conference. I can promise you that. So good yeah, stuff. Exactly. Well, listen, we're going to dive into a new study today. And it's been a while since we've done a study, a Bible study on the podcast. It has. And um, it was kind of a twist my arm kind of a study based on, and everybody can probably guess now, everybody can probably guess what. No, book hey, we're wait a study. minute. You <laughs> recommended this one. You said, let's do James. Right. James. Because <laughs> I've been saying for years, it's my least favorite book. James is kind of bossy, he steps on our toes. He tells us things we already know, but we're not doing them. Right. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just dive in and, and do it. Yeah. You know, um, and <laughs> yeah, and James is a hard book. It, it's a little book. It's a short book. Um, but he's one of these guys who, you know, I don't know if he would be this way when you met him in person, but there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of introduction here. You know, it's like, hey, James to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. Greetings. Okay. Yeah. Well, Let's get you know, into it. Yeah. yeah. He just jumps right into it. Um, and, you know, he begins to talk about things that I think he was passionate about, things that were on his heart, obviously things that the Holy Spirit gave him mm -hmm. to write. So I think that it's interesting. But before we dive into chapter one, I think it's important for us to maybe take this podcast to talk a little bit about the guy himself, because I think. Too often we dive into a book without understanding who's writing mm -hmm. this book and what what is this guy like? And uh, although we've never met him personally, yeah. historians tell mm -hmm. us a lot about him. Josephus talked about him. And then we get a lot from scripture about his life. And then there's some things that obviously we can infer. But most people feel like uh, James, this particular James, is the half-brother of Jesus. So when we're talking about the half-brother of Jesus, writing this book, it brings a whole nother thing into place. Yeah. And could you imagine the struggle of being the brother of Jesus? I mean, honestly, like Jesus, oh, yeah. is, like, why can't you be like more like, Hey, your brother, why, you know, Jesus didn't mess up his room yeah. or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, when, when you think back historically to this um, context that we need to put them in, you've got a small town of Nazareth. So you've got a small town. You've got a Jewish town. So the majority of the people who live in Nazareth are all Jewish. So that means they live life the same. You know, I mean, they celebrate. There's a rhythm in the, in the, in the community that is wrapped around Jew, Jew, Judaism. And so they celebrate all the same mm -hmm. festivals. They go to the same synagogue. They worship in the same way. They worship the same God. Everything is is got this rhythm to this community. And this is where James is a part of, except James has got this older brother, Jesus, that is not exactly like him. And I can only imagine, you know, as you're growing up in this very small town with all of its traditions and, and all of its uh, rhythms, and Jesus is not marching to the same drummer as everyone else is. Um, and I just wonder, you know, how many times he heard the story? Well, you remember that time we took your brother to his bar mitzvah in Jerusalem and he started teaching yeah. the teachers, you know, <laughs> right. you know, this, what would it have been like to have been the brother of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And we know just from the, the Jewish history and like you said, the traditions, there's very little room for individualism within that, within that community, within that culture. And that's one of the things that Jesus, that's one of the things that first shook 
shook them up uh, yes. about who Jesus is as he's and his conversations. He's saying things against all of these traditions, even though, and you know, and he's trying to teach them and, and they're so ingrained in their traditions. And he's like, no, 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 I am the tradition. I am fill- I'm fulfilling your tradition is your law. That's me, you know, but yeah, he's saying exactly. it's in an individual way. And then James is like, oh, could you just dial it back a little bit? Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got your mom and dad who spoke to angels. Um, and I, did he know this? Did they, did, did, did Mary tell the story? Um, you know, yeah. d- does he, do they know? And like you've already mentioned, you know, you're, you're growing up at home with a sibling who never does anything wrong. And maybe when you're younger, that doesn't click with you, but surely by the time, like you just said, time you're a teenager, there's some things clicking with you. Like, okay, wait a minute. This guy is just, he's always getting everything right. Uh, you know, he just doesn't lose his cool. He doesn't this, he doesn't that. Then you're going to Jewish school with him and he always seems to know the answers. Uh, He's so smart (laughs) and, you know, and you're like, okay, some scholars would, would assume Joseph died early on because we see no mention of Joseph after a certain point in scripture. Mary is talked about constantly, but we have no mention of Joseph at all. So if that did happen, can you imagine Jesus becomes the elder? So he's the oldest brother. So if Joseph passes away, Jesus now is responsible for the household. So, I mean, now what do you got uh, to deal with, you know? And then your brother grows up and goes away. And the next thing you know, rumors are floating back to your own hometown that your brother's performing miracles in other towns. And you're like, great, you know, great. What is this guy? I just think this has to be a hard Mm -hmm. place to be in James's shoes. Right. And, you know, and again, like you said, it's just, it's where he sees in between, um, in between, like, uh, just wanting to keep the, these law, because you know that Mary and Joseph are, did, I mean, as far as, like you said, they continued these traditions. And so he's like, I'm doing the best I can, doing the best I can. Jesus is still killing it, but then he's also a little different. And what is this about? Um, yeah. And so that, I mean, it's just an interesting way to, to, to be developing. Yeah. So, by the time we get into Jesus's adult life, we have, uh, we have a, in fact, I just watched it not too many weeks ago uh, through The Chosen. Uh, you know, The Chosen did a, a particular oh. portion of Jesus visiting back to Nazareth, as the biblical account tells us, and that he was, he was totally thrown out of his very own synagogue and, and, and run out of town oh. and, and threatened to be stoned over the fact that he claimed to be the son of God. So you can imagine how this, if this, if his town was this upset, you know, Jesus has run out of town. James lives here. So here's James now. How do you deal with this? You know, how do you deal with this? Jesus is now gone and and everybody in town is talking about your brother and what, and that he's a blasphemer Mm -hmm. and that he deserves to die. And, and yet James Mm -hmm. has seen nothing but consistency in his brother's life for his whole life. So it's really hard for you to discredit the claim that he's making when you can't find any inconsistency in his life. And and I do think that would be one of the things that um, would have been helpful. We have no idea if this happened, but it would have been helpful for the parents, for Mary and Joseph to be like, hey, this is what's different. This is who, you know, just... um, just because they they do need to understand, or maybe James came to them and said, "Hey, what's going on?" So that yeah. he does have a lot more, way more, um, way more background. Uh, but at the same time, he you're right; he has to live in Nazareth. 
has to deal with all of the same people. He has to run into the same people at the synagogue every day or, you know, every whatever. And, um, and he has to deal with all of that. So he's, it's kind of a tight. Yeah, it it really is a tight rope to walk. And then of course we understand, see, I mean, we're actually going to study his book. So we know something happened between, between this, this season of, of doubt. In fact, and we know we, there's one portion of scripture where it says that his family came and wanted to see him and they they were very frustrated with him and, and, and upset with him and, and, and angry mm-hmm. with him uh, for, you know, and we don't even know what all that background was there, but we do know that they were frustrated with, with him. So all indications are that James doesn't even believe Jesus is who he says he is. Mm. And then Jesus is crucified. Yeah. And you've got mom who is, you know, now lost, lost her son. And what is James thinking during these days before resurrection? Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's like, see, I told you. I, I tried telling you guys, he's, he's not a Messiah. You know, I mean, maybe that's what he's thinking in his mind. I, I think I probably would have been mm-hmm. if I didn't yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, I told you guys this was not going to work out. I told him to dial it back. Look, he didn't. And now, now here we are. Um, so mom, stop crying. You know, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You just don't know. I mean, the dynamics of what goes on. It'd be mm-hmm. interesting uh, when we get to heaven to have a really long conversation with James about mm-hmm. all the things that went on childhood and teen years yeah. and all those things. But then all of a sudden the tomb is empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disciples claim he rose from the dead. Mary claims to see him in the garden. And mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, even James would have been with many others who thought these guys, uh, they're, they're lying. Um, they're, you know, they're just mm-hmm. making this stuff up. This is, this is mad. But then the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to his brother, James, after mm-hmm. resurrection. Yeah. And oh, to be a fly on the wall in that moment when Jesus appears yeah. to James, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, um, if you're thinking about, he's like, okay, let's get on with our, okay, disciples. Yeah. Okay. Mm, He's not, he's dead now. Let's go back to, let's go back to normal. Let's go back to just being good Jews and, and let's see if we can, you know, and just kind of, that was, but, you know, and then the disciples keep going with, and, but again, we see the gracious and how many times it's so interesting. We talked about this when. Jesus appeared to certain people after the resurrection. And you're just like, obviously the intentionality of these, yes. these people that he's, he's, he's menace, he's ministering to, he's appearing to uh, number one, it's grace filled, especially in the, in the, with Peter sure. and with, uh, with Thomas and, yeah. uh, and, or it's to give a charge or it's to give, there was, there were really in, important mm-hmm. intentional moments of him appearing and saying, I've got a list of people I've got to appear to. So that my, you know, so that my message can continue on um, after the ascension, and um, it's such a blessing and just grace um, to appear, James. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and you know, there's that light bulb moment. It, 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 whatever doubts James had mm-hmm. prior, you know, prior to resurrection, they were all washed away at this point yeah. as his brother standing in front of him. And so now we see this complete transformation now in James. We see a guy who is um, is a leader of the early church after Jesus mm-hmm. goes ascends. 
we see a man who is still very Jewish, very Jewish, very strong mm-hmm. in, in, in his Judaism. And yet yeah. he's worshiping and following the Messiah. And he mm-hmm. is, he's serious about, yeah. you know, about his calling. He's serious about mm-hmm. to us, about our calling. Um, so yeah. when you read his book and when you see what he says and you read his interactions, you get this, this feel of this guy's not playing around. Right. Yeah. And he's got, he's, it's almost like he's got one strong message and one chance to give, um, to, to everybody. And, and I think it's interesting because so many times when we study, when we studied Philippians or when we studied first John, because of, because of all the stories that we see in the new Testament, we knew a little bit more about, so we had a better platform of, you know, of course, because he was, you know, Paul's in prison. So he's writing this, you know, and he's writing Philippians um, and he's telling us about contentment and John, you know, and, and so you hear all of these stories about, but because we know a little bit less about James and, and his struggle was a lot, it was a lot longer than, Mm -hmm. you know, than the, than the others. And his, um, he's, He's like, I, you know, I've been in the background for so long. I've been watching, waiting and watching. Now I have a message yeah. and it's going to be strong and you better listen, which is probably why in the past I'm like, mm, James, you're kind of coming on strong there, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he, he, he demands, um, demands the, the listener's ear. I feel like. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and there's a call. I think if you could sum up, you know, if you could say, okay, what's the, what's the concept? What's James trying to do in, in a, in a word? He's mm-hmm. calling us, I think, to ma- spiritual maturity. Mm, yeah, you know, you get this. He's gonna, act, you know, he's gonna hold the mirror of God's word up to all of us yeah. that read and study this book, and he's gonna say, "Okay, see, get, sit, look at your reflection and make adjustments." I'm calling you to maturity because it matters. Um, yeah, it's time we all grow up, and mm-hmm. I think this resonated with him personally uh, because I'm sure his own battles and his own struggles would have led, would have spoken into that. But then beyond that, I just think what a great, I think what a great challenge for all of us, because, you know, we might think, well, I don't have anything in common with James. Not, not true. I I think not true. Uh, Because I think there's a lot of us that grew up in Christian worlds. Okay. Much like Nazareth where everybody believes the same thing. We all go do the same thing. And the rhythms of our life were set along the same patterns as maybe the Judaism was in Nazareth. Mm -hmm. We celebrate the same things. We believe in the same God. We go to youth group. We go to Wana. We do this. We do this. We do this. We do this. And yet, um, in mm. all of that tradition, in all of the things that we do, is there something missing in our lives where we are still so spiritually immature mm-hmm. and we're really not following hard after Christ? Yeah. And and we can all, every single one of us who have been Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, training, in, like you said, yes. the, um, but, and it's external. We were talking just, uh, we we're talking about, um, just the external purse, like the righteousness that we all Mm -hmm. are trying to just kind of tack on much like Adam and the woman, you know, putting fig leaves on just to try to say, okay, I really am what I'm supposed to be. And, and it doesn't go any deeper uh, in our mature walk or we don't look because, because he talks about specific things and we'll get to this when we're talking through the and through the chapters, there's certain things that something happens and he's like, don't respond this way. 
If the, you know, if we're talking about your tongue or if you're talking about the way you treat people, if you're talking about lack of faith, it's like yeah. anytime we can be walking in this traditional, everything's a pattern. But if something happens that's not supposed to happen, that's when that's when our coffee spills out of the cup or that's when our true <laughs> self in our immaturity is um, is. And he's like, no, here's what it actually looks like in the day to day. Absolutely. And I think he calls us not only to spiritual mature, maturity, but to mm-hmm. an authenticity. You know, I, I, be authentic, you know, in who you are. And that means yeah. if I'm going to show you who I really am, then who I really am, I want to look like Jesus. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I want to hide who I really am. And mm-hmm. I want to put I want to put on this front for you. Uh, and I want to pretend for you that I'm somebody different. And I think we yeah. all we can all battle there. And I think James is like, look, no, I you need to be an authentic believer. Be real. Be the real deal. Mm-hmm. And you can only do yeah. that and produce fruit as you are like Christ. And that's so true. You know what you just said. So, you know, I think James understood maybe better than most of us do that the sacrifice of the cross was too great for us to live mediocre lives inauthentic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I think James this, I don't care. I don't care what the animosity was between these two brothers, how deep it ran or how, or how surface level it was. It's, it's, it's a whole thing to see your brother be tortured mm-hmm. and hung on a cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. come on now. And to stand and to stand by and watch that pain. Um, and then afterwards, once you have it, once you're like, okay, no, I believe now. And then looking back, it's, it's almost like it stains backwards. Then all, it, 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 it became real. And so all of these conversations and all of this, the life that he led before is like, okay, he's seeing it through a new filter. And yeah. now it's like, no, I can't stop. I have to. And then, and then you're going to be hypersensitive or hypervigilant to people who are fakes. For people just to live, like you said, live a mediocre Christianity, live mediocre, just live in a religion and not live yeah. um, in that in that um, freedom of relationship with Christ. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, Ellie, I know you have a brother. I have two. And mm-hmm. as I think about our brothers and our relationship with our brothers, you just think about the fact that if our brothers died yeah. and was tortured mm-hmm. and then we realized that, that they were <laughs> they were the Messiah, this was they died yeah. for the world. I mean, don't you think you, I mean, you and I, I know I would be like, I'd be ticked off. Look, my brother died. Get your act together. You know what exactly. I mean? Cause he was my brother. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that I can almost, I can almost sense that James is like, look, it cost my brother his life. Get your act together. You know? Exactly. My mom is still suffering. I'm still trying to comfort her over yes. this and my brother's gone. Um, yeah, that, but not just, I mean, it's not just gone, but tortured in a way that nobody ever deserved. And, yeah. you know, and the thief that got away and Barabbas, you know, obviously yeah. who, who, who was freed because everybody thought Jesus was so much worse than him. Yeah. Um, those are, those are things that as a, like the adding in that family element, yeah, it would be huge. Of course, my mom and dad do prefer my brother to me. And I'm just going <laughs> to go on the record to say he's the favorite. I don't know if you're the favorite in your family, but um, I do understand a little bit of James because my my older brother is the favorite child. And, uh, I um, love it. I love it. 
Yeah, yeah. I yes, I'm, I'm well aware of this this uh, hilarious ongoing uh, mm-hmm. battle between you and your brothers of who's the favorite. In your, although I, I honestly right. think you're both the favorite. I just, you know, I'm going to lean into that a little bit. But my mother says we have no favorites in our house. Uh, although all three of us will say that the other one is the favorite. So um, yeah. who yeah. knows? But, you know, I think either way, there's this there's this passionate mm-hmm. love we have for right. our family and for our brothers. And obviously, James is like, look, if my brother's going to give his life, then then we need to be able to to do what's right. So then he calls mm-hmm. us to this this mature living. He calls us, you know, like you already mentioned, bridle our tongues and set aside ungodliness and care for orphans and widows and come on, step up and do this thing. You know, you know, I think, I think as we study the book of James, we're going to be challenged uh, in so many ways of our lives. We're going to be reminded of things we know to be true that maybe we've just let slip because they didn't seem important. I think this is going to be good for all of us, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be reminded of our, am I walking in maturity spiritually? Um, You know, or am I acting like Jesus' death was eh, that's just a you know no big deal yeah. uh you know i can afford to live any way i want to um mm-hmm. and i think it's it's a challenge and it calls us to step up and and live a life that was worth the sacrifice right, right? and i think that's that's why um so many times when i say i don't like the book of james it will show exactly what it's almost like a checklist. It's not, yep. I mean, you know, there's, for those who like the checklist, here's your checklist. And, mm-hmm. um, and so many times because there are, because there are things that we do let slip, we're just going to yep. be like, oh yeah, you know. Um, and so I think that's why even in it, there's so much depth to James, but at the same time, you can just read it and say, yeah, this is, this is where I'm not mature, or this is what needs to, this is the mirror. Like you said, this mm-hmm. is the mirror that needs to. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things I love though about the book is James does have a tender side. I I think James does have a side Mm -hmm. that understands because in the book layered between all of the the deep challenges James is going to throw at us. He understood, I believe what it looks like to be in pain, to be under pressure, to go Mm -hmm. through trial, to go through tribulation, to go through heartache. And so James talks a lot about praying and asking for wisdom and praying pray some more. And he, you know, he starts and he ends this letter, both with the challenges to pray. And, you know, he, he calls us to this challenge. Hey, you know, pray and pray some more uh, because your prayers matter. You know, this is going to be some good stuff. You know, it's almost like a pep talk. You know, I used to be a coach. And so I would be in the locker room. And when I was finished giving the girls their final pep talk, you know, in the locker room, I would ask them the same question every single time. Are you ready? That I mean, I would walk into yes. the huddle. I would put my hand out and I would look at everybody around the circle there. And I would say, are you ready? And they would jump up and let out this war hoop. And they'd all run in. They would put their hands upon my hands. And we would, in this huddle, you know, we would do this team thing, you know, let's go team. You know, you've seen it before, you know, and, and I think this is kind of where James is at. Um, I think that's where the call for us is. Are we ready? You know, I think James is like, are you ready? Um, And I think for us, I think maybe it's the question that we're going to ask as we move through this study. Are you ready? Let's do this thing. You know, let's go Um, Mm -hmm. because we are in a battle um, and hopefully we realize we're on the same team. And we are fighting the same enemy. And so this is a great time for us to jump into the book of James 
and just say, hey, okay, if I need to improve, if I need to work on some things, if God needs to chisel me in some areas, let's go do this because it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we dive into chapter one, you do need to ask everybody and you need to ask me too. Are we ready? Are we ready for this? Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's going to be our question as we leave you on this podcast. Are you ready? Um, are you ready to jump in? And are you ready to be a part? Now, here's what we're going to challenge you to do, as we always do when we study. We would love for you to read the book at, along with us, okay? So if you want to just get, go through the book of James, I would encourage you um, to read. Uh, we're going to talk about one chapter as we move through each week, but we and I would encourage you to read that same chapter every day. It, it's a great way to absorb the book. All right. Well, hey, listen, it's been so good to kind of give you some background, set you up for the book of James. I hope you are ready to dive in with us. So join us next week on the podcast where we'll be talking about James chapter one. And by then, go ahead and start start your week and start reading James one with us and write down some things. How is God speaking to you? And then we will be diving into James one next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.